What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to another special edition of All the Smoke, State of the Vote. We have special guest today, Coach David Fisdale. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, bro. JB Bickerstaff. The homies. Good to be here. <laughs> Appreciate you. And then we got my man Ray over here, who's a political strategist, who's going to kind of keep us on tone and in tune and focused when we touch in on the political realm and the voting realm. They're great coaches to the world, but they're our homies. Right. There you go. For a long time. Clear that up. Yeah, for a long yeah. time. Been a long, long time. time. Yeah, we go back. Yes. I've been knowing Fizz for a long oh, ass man. time. And yeah. then you and Fizz know all my people, uh, Jelani and yeah. all them. So, yeah, we got some so, some long runs. But uh, anyway, how's COVID been treating you guys? I know you got kids. I know you got you got one on the way. Yeah. How's, how's COVID oh, been for you guys? Yeah, congrats on that, too. Congrats. Yeah, it's been good. It's been, I mean, I shouldn't say good, but interesting. You know, a lot of changes in life. But we were talking before, it's, low-key blessing this is the most time i spent with my kids since they've been born so you know a lot of soccer tournaments uh packing up the truck you know what i mean hands on (laughs) right it's just you know we've been able to find a blessing in it uh through the hard times obviously you know we've been through some difficult times uh with friends and family passing you know Mm -hmm. through all that um but trying to find the bright side of all this the best way we can to help the kids get through it too absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah it's been great for us because obviously with the baby on the way you know we can fortify the house and mm-hmm. get everything situated. And, uh, you know, it's been great just for us in general spending time together because as a coach, 
you're gone. Man. It's just, and even when you're home, you're halfway Your gone. Is <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So to yeah. be this present at this time with my wife and, and my son on the way, you know, it's been great. But the other part about it, and again, like you say, you don't want to put, you know, lipstick on the pig, but at the end of the day, with what's going on in our country, to mm -hmm. be able to focus in on it and put mm -hmm. the amount of energy that mm -hmm. I can put into right. it, uh, that part's been a blessing for right. me because, right. you know, when we're in the thralls of it, it's just hard to really participate. Right now, we got the opportunity and the time to, to really focus our energy on making a real change in this thing. And I would say, too, if it wasn't for the pandemic, who knows where if this message would have ever been really perceived as it finally was. No. You know, obviously, Jack's been on the front line with it um, from the beginning. Like I said, I think it, this pandemic forced us all to sit down and really look in the mirror and, and look to see what was going on. And, and, and I feel like the, what we've known for over 400 years has finally <laughs> reared its head for enough people to at least have an understanding that there's, yeah. a real, there's some real issues going on here. Ray, with election day around the corner, voting rights, voting issues, voter suppression is still something very big that's plaguing this country. What are some things that people can do to, I guess, maneuver those kind of things that are against them? Yeah, I mean, I think, especially with COVID, one of the things that, I mean, since the civil rights movement, we've been, we've been able to get out in the streets. And I think that's been difficult, clearly, from Jump Street. I mean, Stack's been out, clearly, given, given amplification to what's going on, uh, making sure that he's in the streets, making sure that he's working with organizations on the ground. And I think that's really the key, right? Like, voter suppression is a multi-million dollar campaign in order mm. to get you to stop mm. your vote. And I actually think it's having an adverse effect Mm -hmm. on black men, because even black men who are not necessarily thrilled about their choices this cycle is like, you're not going to stop me from voting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the motivating factor specifically for black men this cycle. And so if you are um, maybe not in love with what your choices are, I think what you can't do is just let them take your vote from you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we're seeing is like, and it's, it's, it's sort of painful to watch, specifically as somebody who's worked in politics and, and, and started off in the field working with local organizations to see black men starting to re-parrot some talking points and, and, and kind of giving their, giving their voice away. But I will say, I understand it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the system is not working. It has not worked. And now mm. you're asking the people who it has not worked for to yeah. participate in it. Mm. And so that's what's tough about messaging in this moment. But to directly answer your question, I mean, I think, I think you know, you got uh, another week to go in the election. I think it's about showing up and telling people you care. It's not, it's not about candidates. It's about what we do post-November, and I think that has to be the message. Um, candidates are just a vehicle to get you mm -hmm. where you want to go. Right. I think that's what we need to start talking, talking about. You kind, of, kind of talking to me because, like, you mm -hmm. know, because, really? like, it's, it's just hard for me, especially, you know, seeing my brother pass and then, you know, being in the streets and seeing how many people need. I've never seen a vote immediately affect someone's doorstep, their immediate life. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm at with it, you yeah. know what I mean? Because I see my people need, and nothing has changed all this time with a vote. So I'm at a point now where I'm not going to be the same person doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm spending my own money and my own time to get out there and helping our people yeah. ourselves. So I think you are right, but at some point, we got to get to the point where we taking care of ourselves yeah. for anybody else to take us serious. And, it, and that's just where I'm at, because it's hard for me to see that I'm asking for something yeah. when I know it's never came before. Mm. Sure. You know what I mean? I agree with that, which is why we talk about elections like they happen every four years. The hard work is holding accountable the people that you got into office. Right. Like, you don't have to love them. They're vehicles to get you where you want to go. Yeah. And so if you want a pro-black agenda, if you want to make sure that we study and then pass out, not even pass out, that we give black Americans 
um, reparations for the money that was stolen from our ancestors' bodies. Like, that's on the table. And so I, I hear you. I think we need to start talking about elections um, as just step one. And right. I think it's been sold to us, like, it's the finish cool, line. you vote, it's this is going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right. That's not true. They're going right. to win and they're going to go home. Why the starting point can't be a black man, a white, every race, mm-hmm has an imprint on how the system is ran. Mm, talk yeah. about it. Everybody, that's, that's when we're going to have complete change. Uh, freedom is not giving you two people to choose from <laughs> and saying you free. No, freedom is me picking who I want to be president. Yeah. So until we, every race has a fingerprint on how this country is ran, we're going to be in this situation. And that's what we need to start. We need to start there at the, at the immediate answer, yeah. changing this system, getting a whole new constitution. Mm-hmm. That's where we need to start. Yeah, right. and, and Jack, on that too, it's like, if we don't participate though, We'll never get there. Facts, I understand. And that's that. the that's the thing that you know we keep trying to push forward is like everybody shows up every four years and they think that's all that matters. Right. But you miss the Mid-term. you know representatives. You miss the midterms, and those are the people who can help. You know, people talk about you know what Obama did or didn't do. Right. But he was fighting a Senate who basically said our job is to not get you reelected. Right. So we're not going to help you pass anything that's going to help the entire country. Right. Right. We miss out on voting for state representatives because we don't pay attention to that. Local we see stuff. whatever's happening nationwide. We focus right. there. But the people that focus and help you in your state, mm-hmm. like there's somebody's running who cares about the exact messages that right. you're pushing. Right. But we don't show up and vote enough. Right. And I think that's where we have to do a better job of pushing that message that we gotta, you know, we gotta battle locally, yeah. locally. just as much as we do nationally. Well, that's right. our big that, that's my big push too, because if you gotta think about it, we were never meant to even have a voice or a footing in this space. No. So if you, if we're taking on this process, you know, I have aspirations to be in politics one day, but it's a lot to swallow. I mean, people's do this shit 24-7, mm-hmm. 365, and still don't get the shit right. So they're mm-hmm. looking at former athletes and coaches and other people to, like, mag- magically change some. It's going to take all of us first and foremost. But I think it's, you take stuff in bite-sized pieces. You know what I mean? The local and state, obviously, that's where you can see some immediate return. You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. you it, it, As small as potholes or more funding for my school or, or stuff for housing or... Prop 16 in California with, you know, equal footing for women and, and people of color. There's things that you can directly vote on your local and state level that you can see immediate return. Mm-hmm. But I think when we say vote, people are thinking, okay, just the president. And then when we tell people to vote, when you get there, there's so many motherfucking choices <laughs> and oh, props yes, and yes, this and oh, that and who's You got to use this pen. Right? And, you gotta and, and, it's, and it's crazy. So like, it's almost like you really have to do your homework when yes. you go because telling people to vote is great. They get there and they're overwhelmed. Yeah, and I think too, but what you said was really important is that it's not just a vote. It's can we get representation that mm. reflects us mm. in the seats that make the decisions. Because mm. I'm, you know, Jack, I'm 100% in that we need a system overhaul. Mm-hmm. The odds of us pulling that off, it's I don't know. None. But it, can we take this, the, basically the framework of the system they've put in front of us to not succeed and turn it back on them mm-hmm. by getting the people involved okay. and in the seats that make the decisions about our community, about our lives. Mm-hmm. And the more we can do that, by doing that, I think what we get is we get a lot of other people going with us. I mm-hmm. think sometimes when we talk about system, well, you saw what defund the police scared the hell out of people. Mm-hmm. We know, it didn't mean that. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean anything Just to that. Just reallocating funds, but if we didn't put a clear cut you definition to, oh, on man, it, they was about people to, hijack the people hijack the And that's the how they're doing it with the system. They're, right. saying, they're trying to turn that into a, a talking point that we're trying to yeah. take over we this whole... Want, and we on uh, anarchy. We don't want cops. We want to do this. Yeah. We want equity. So and accountability. Take, yeah, and we won't take what you put in front of us and turn it into something great. Same way like we was talking outside is that here we are as 
five black men, and you think about the roadblocks that's been put in front of our people through slavery, Jim Crow, the mm -hmm. war on drugs, and look at us right now where we are. Could you imagine? Mm -hmm. Look at what we've done with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are talking about George Floyd's name is being said all over the world right mm -hmm. now. What would we do if we actually had somewhat close to a level playing field right. with our community and what we're what we've shown what we're capable of? If we get equity, forget about it. Mm, that's and that's great. the fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the fear. Mm -hmm. We're giving that power away. You know what I mean? Who, want, who really, at the end of the day, keep real, who wants to give that, especially that kind of power away? Are you right? They've, they've been, they've, they've flipped it. See, they, we've turned into the monster somehow. <laughs> We didn't enslave ourselves. We weren't lynching ourselves. We weren't whipping ourselves. We ain't being people in the street watching cameras as not people die. Not We're not doing that to ourselves, but somehow they've turned us into the monster. Mm -hmm. So if we give them this, if you give up our system and our power, what will they do in retaliation? Mm -hmm. Right? No, we just want to have the same playing ground. This yeah. ain't about payback. This what, right. If you go back to Nelson Everyone Mandela, did. Nelson Mandela's whole deal was... They look it's not about payback. We need payback. everybody. It ain't about payback. <laughs> they they look it's not, it's not about payback. Right. Mm -hmm. What sure. the young lady said when she went on her rant, she mm -hmm. said that if we was asking for revenge instead of equity mm -hmm. or equality, it would be a whole different ballgame. And right. so, you know, that's where we're at right now. And I think that to agree with everybody, you got to cast your ballot. You can't be on the sideline this time. Because mm -hmm. if you can't see what's happening right now, this resurgence, just blatant out in the open white supremacy, mm -hmm. like they ain't even hiding it. Like, this uh, is yeah. our country. Yeah. This is how it's going to go. We're going to break every rule to make sure it's still ours. Yeah. If you can't see that, then I feel sorry for you. And, and we can't tell you nothing that's going to help you. Let me ask you a question, though. So what do you say to the people that say, well, if we have proof that Biden and Kamala have done more racist, more racist shit than black, to black men than Trump? What do you say to them people? They have done things that have, have devastated our community. But I want the kind of person that's willing to own it and at least say, hey, we know we screwed up back then and we're willing to fix it. You know, what people's intentions can be in certain circumstances and what the result can be often can be two different things. Right. Mm -hmm. At that time, you had nonpartisan agreement on this crime bill that we needed to do something in our streets. Mm -hmm. Now, as black people being hit by black people because of the crack epidemic, you know, we're in the middle of it. How do you feel about it? Do we want less violence? Do we want our brother really to go to jail when he's selling crack just to make ends meet? Like we're caught in that conundrum of the crime bill. But all I want from leadership and people that have made these decisions on our lives before is, can you just take a step back and own it. Put and, yourself in our shoes. Yeah, and say we screwed up. Yeah, yeah. We did something yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's the beginning of trust. That's right. the beginning first, of right. moving forward. Understand it's why it's like this first. Yeah. Before, before you just incriminate us and, and, and put us on this side, understand why it's like this. Right. Yes, you put us in a situation where we're fighting over what's left. Right. Right? And so this is and, what and happens. have to fight each other over what's left. Fighting right. for crumbs. And now you mm. throw... Uh, Latinx men in there and Latinx women. Yeah. And, and now it's just everybody's fighting for these crumbs. And you say, well, look at them. They're mm -hmm. animals. They're mm -hmm. killing each other. They're, well, this is what you've given us to right. work with. Yeah. Right. You know, that's right there in itself. We have to really attack that whole narrative. We got to put that on his head mm -hmm. and spin it and show people that if we can get to that place where we get a seat at the table, mm -hmm. good things is going to happen for us moving forward. What? It's not going to be consistent because we already had a black president. Right. 
Don't mean it's guaranteed. And it's not gonna happen overnight. People have yeah. to understand this shit was built over 400 plus years of bullshit. You know what I mean? So the change, the change we fight for now, everything we're doing in 2020, our kids are gonna reap these benefits. Their kids are gonna reap these yes. benefits. So right now we're sacrificing just like the people that came before us, but we actually have some real footing and more technology to be able to have our voices heard and seen around the world now. So that so the energy is, is definitely different. Y'all educating me on some stuff today though. That's why we're here, brother. You know what I mean? I'm always going to look you know, out for you. I know, yeah. I, know, I know we need to look up, my people look up the word delegates because they have a lot to do with who, mm -hmm. who president as well. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. There you go. No, this is, and that's why I like this is because this isn't about me knowing everything or him knowing everything. But Sharing. This is us. Sharing. We figuring it out with the people we trying to Every get time. to. Right. And we in the fight with them. You know, right. we ain't above them just because we've gotten some good things. We in the fight trying to figure We're it out. We're learning the daily. Yeah. 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 We're learning like everyone else. And when we say, you know, with the situation in the bubble, where first we were told to shut up and dribble, and then all of a sudden we're looking, we're looked to, to well, what's basketball doing? Mm -hmm. What's basketball gonna do? <laughs> well, well, you just told us to shut the fuck up and dribble, right. but now you want us to, to 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 make some kind of movement or do something that's gonna abolish racism or make cops stop killing us because of the color of our skin. Like it's gonna take. We're more than willing to take on that with you guys, but it's gonna take all of us. It's not just gonna be basketball, football, and professional sports. It's gonna take everybody to change this because, to begin with, none of us created this shit. It's gonna take white men <laughs> and white women. Yeah, the people that built it who actually got a conscience and know that it's screwed up to jump on board right. and help. And if Negan had that power grab that is that we're watching take place and just that how they're holding on to it and they'll do anything. anything to keep yeah. it. Look at the suppression acts. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. this I mean, I, I haven't ever seen anything like this. I mean, closing stations, hours and hours to vote. They're, they're doing, doing they're making they in Ohio, Ohio, they're purging. It's a use it or lose it state. Right? They can decide. It's a Republican run state now, and they can decide you know, how they purge votes. If you don't vote in two in back-to-back -back elections, they can purge your vote, right? Yeah. They're taking polling stations. 75% yeah. of the black community is impacted by the amount of polling stations that they have being limited. There's one box per county now. Mm -hmm. So there's counties with 800,000 people Right, but there's only one drop box, mm -hmm. and you can think about being in Texas. There's four Man, million people. That's crazy. They just did it vote. in Texas, right? It's, I mean, it's it's crazy. You had the governor. There were 14 drop boxes in Houston, and two weeks before the election, he said there can only be one drop box in Houston. Mm -hmm. For now, I'm millions. not from Texas. It's insane. It's millions that don't make sense. Millions. That don't make sense. And it's 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 it's. So it's what deliberate. are some things outside of that that people can do that are that they're going to be able to see this show to combat that right there? So I've seen one show with athletes. I think from, from athletes, I think it's recognizing your power, um, especially in the state that you're from. And one of the things I want to encourage, it's been such a pleasure to work with Coach Bickerstaff and Coach Fisdale because they're owning their piece of the pie, right? right? And so one of the things we get obsessed with sometimes is the sort of national approach to politics. Right. But what Coach is doing in Ohio, only small he can pieces, do. Small yeah. pieces, bit right. by bit mm, by bit. Mm. What Stack was doing when he was traveling, like, that's how you have to do it, and you have to partner with a local organization or political operatives. And make that point, too, because like I said, I hate when I hear there's 300 million going from the, the, the owners, and, and Jordan is doing it. But to me, like, I hate because, first of all, there's never transparency where the money's going, and they always just want to throw it to big names, and the big names necessarily aren't doing what needs to be nah. done. I think they need to be able to align with the local liaison or someone that has the yeah. heartbeat of that city yeah. because what he needs in Texas is different from what Absolutely. I need in Sacramento, Absolutely. from what different from what he needs in Ohio. Yeah. But you can't blank 
blanketly say, okay, we're giving it to this big organization because they're nationwide. That doesn't mean anything. And they've never been in that community. They don't know nobody in that community or nothing. And, the, and, the, and this is going to, I don't want this to sound or come off wrong, but the easiest thing to do is throw money at something. Yeah, right. When you have a whole lot of money, oh, the easiest thing to do is throw money at it. don't care what happens. Right, but the hardest thing to do is actually get on the ground time. and walk mm -hmm. the walk, right, Man. and fight the fight. Like, that's difficult. That's time-consuming. That shows you care. Well, one thing Jack did, I mean, the one thing that I thought was interesting when Jack talked about making his move around, it was every color of the rainbow out there, too. Yeah. So this is I love that. Everyone yeah, it, together. It, that's what I'm saying. That's what it's going to take. And, and the cool part of what we're doing with the Coaches Association, I know you guys saw all the stuff we came out with when we spoke mm -hmm. up, is our whole thing right now is getting involved with grassroots programs. And mm -hmm. the, the start of it goes back to what we talked about first. We, we're on a, a truth and reconciliation tour. Mm -hmm. Can you reconcile with what has happened in your city and state mm -hmm. when it comes to civil rights, African-Americans, Hispanics, whoever? Can we just get it out on the table that this, you did this, this happened. Yeah. You know, we're bringing families to the games that had people killed by the police to recognize and put their name out there that we have mm -hmm. to say, this isn't right. right. And once we can get to that place where we make that reconciliation, now all the coaches, what we did is we start pushing into mm -hmm. vote. Yeah. And we're just diving into the truth serum. Tell people the truth. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Don't let the misinformation. Because they're telling people to go vote in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. They're telling people about certain... You saw it yeah. in California here. They put out those ballot. fake ballot, yeah. boxes. ballot boxes. I mean, it's like... So that's, that's all crazy. we're focused on right now mm -hmm. is truth right. and reconciliation. And we feel like that's the way we can utilize our platform best to impact what's going mm -hmm. on. And they count on the fact that, you know, these tricks and this suppression is just going to discourage enough people to just to say, fuck it. Right. Yeah. That's what they you want know, you to do. And that's, and that's right. what they count I think count it's backfiring. I, I really yeah, think, said, he said it earlier. Yeah. I think, like, right. to me, it's motivated. The one yeah. thing that encouraged me more than anything I can ever recall was the first time I voted for was Obama, uh, first election. But I, even when that happened, although we had a lot of energy, I'd never seen so many public figures with platforms talk about the way mm -hmm. it's been talked about in 2020. Yeah, you know, right. since Kobe passed, it's been a downward spiral of just negative events happen after negative events. And, you know, the culmination of, you know, was when Jack's brother got killed. So I've never, like I said, that the one thing that gives me encouragement, the one thing that gives me chills when I think about it is just like, there's so many people out yeah. here using the big or small platforms, right. using their voice because the size of, what's the, what's the point of having a big ass platform if you don't use it the right way? So yeah. to me, it doesn't matter right. the size of your platform as long as you're, you're you know, you're, you're educated on what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Talk because yeah. you, you know you can change it. If you change one person's mind, that could be what's but needed. Look at who we've lost. You know, like when you lose somebody that's been taking care of the family and your family a long time, and it's your turn. You got to step up. That's what we had. Mm. We lost this. Mm. We lost Mr. Yeah. Lewis. Mm -hmm. Right, CT Vivian. We lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. We've lost. I mean, titans of yeah. civil rights. And I just feel like a natural like we up to bat type of deal yeah, sure. is being called to us and you're seeing it globally, really, and really nationally mm -hmm. from us is that it's time for us to step up, man. Right, this, that, what this man did and what he went through, mm -hmm. Good trouble. I couldn't imagine somebody treating Jack how they treated John Lewis. No, nah, right. Jack would have been Jack yeah. would have been dead right. a long time ago. A long time ago. That wouldn't have worked. Neither one of y'all. Come on. It wouldn't have worked. <laughs> you know, they'd have poured something on your head at that lunch counter and that was mm. it. That would have been it. And then so for what he took and what he bared and what he went through to yeah. get us to this place where we have to exercise our rights. Well, he died this year. Mm -hmm. and I think that was a siren to yeah. us that you can't be on the sidelines right now. It's a relay race, right? 
they're they're passing on, but you're exactly right. They're 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 it's yours <laughs> yeah. now. And I think that's why like the civil rights movement from the sixties and seventies, if you think about the role that athletes and entertainers played back then, yes. it's not a coincidence that the sixties was also the greatest systematic s- systemic change for black Americans. Mm-hmm. And I think what what was sort of coined the, the the civil rights movement, I think, was a right to just like, don't lynch me. Right? right? I think what we're at now is like, all right, cool, like these laws have been passed. Now I want to see what a real seat at the table is. And what America is going through right now does not want to acknowledge what it's done. And a lot of white folks are having a t- tough time acknowledging because in your lives, when you acknowledge something, then you are asked to do something about it. And I think this moment, specifically for black athletes, um, men and women, is about equal rights, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stack, you talked about systemic change, I think it is voting as a national holiday. I think it is making sure that these voter suppression laws get turned down. I think it is passing the civil rights legislation that John Lewis was behind, fixing automatic voter registration in states, early early voting registration in states. When you fix the machine, the amount of power that black people have, Mm -hmm. I mean, black women choose the president of the United States. Every time. Every time. Mm -hmm. Whether they decide to vote or not not vote. That's the power of the black community. And I, I do like, though, I, what I will say is I do like that black people are making elected officials work this year mm. in yes, a way that are. we haven't been mm. They're not just, saying, they're not just handing you a vote. Yeah, for sure. They're making, for sure. They're for sure. They're like they're like making you yeah. do it, no doubt. I think all this kind of t- ties hand in hand because, as I spoke to earlier, the NBA created an, an amazing situation where, you know, he was able to bring players in there safely uh, with no positive tests. We saw some great basketball. We crowned a champion, but at the same time, the message continued to grow. And at the beginning, this is where Jack and I kind of saw different. Like, Jack was on the front lines in these cities. I'm up in Sacramento helping pass, you know, getting uh, props together and and bills uh, Mm -hmm. together to be passed. And I thought that, okay, like I said, he's on the front line. This is what the people need. This is what they want. This is what they see. But then I'm thinking, like, I'm, I, I've been to a couple things, but that's more his thing. I'm doing my thing, but I'm thinking globally, the message is going to get relayed much faster, much stronger when that NBA logo is behind it. You know, mm-hmm. we're always going to hear LeBron. We're going to hear CP. But do we hear yeah. Doc Rivers' plea? Mm. Do we hear uh, Fred Van Pleet? Do we hear right. George Hill? You know, do we hear some of these voices that aren't as big but just as powerful? Brogdon. You know, Brogdon, mm-hmm. you know. That the, I mean, yeah. the, the list goes on. I mean, I, I get so excited when, like I said, when I see this many people actually using their platform. What were your guys' thoughts on first... The safety, I mean, it's kind of a three-tier cut. Safety, the quality of basketball, and then how they would continue to push their narrative and their message in the middle of interviews, before games, during games, and after games. Uh, I mean, I got to give credit to the league, and I do believe that mm-hmm. the NBA is the be- best professional sports league no in the United States, and it's not even close, mm-hmm. right? Perfect, no, but yeah. there's not even a light close second ahead place. Light years ahead. Right, so I got to give credit to the league for what, doing what they did. And they did prioritize making sure people were safe. First right. You know what I mean? Like some of those steps may have seemed drastic in the beginning, right. but mm-hmm. their priority was to make sure that everybody was safe and that they were able to get a full season. And, and to be able to go through and not get not get one well, positive they test, accomplished that, yeah. they accomplished it. And that's a hell mm-hmm. of an accomplishment. And you think about you know all the people, and again, give credit to the people who went. Right. right, the players, the staff, Absolutely. the ref, because they weren't doing crazy stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like we know those urges are there. You know, to step off the campus and go do what yeah, you know, whatever buddy, it is that I you know feel. I would. <laughs> 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 no me. Credit to them for staying on on, right. on course, right? Because right. that's a that's a big deal. Right. Um, you know, they carried the burden for all of us. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the teams that didn't get invited down there. You know what I mean? The teams that had to go home early. They carried the burden right. for the entire NBA the to get time. it done right. financially. 
and again to keep that message going. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like if somebody would have made a mistake, they would have used that as ammunition See? to go at that. See, they right. can't do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like they can't focus on this. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job of making sure their messages were on point and they carried themselves in a way where people had to respect them. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a group of people who are just ignorant and they don't care. No matter what. No matter what players say or what they do, like they don't care because they can't get past the fact that, you know, they don't want these athletes to have a voice. They don't want them to have an opinion. They don't want them to carry weight. They don't want equality, period. Exactly. So so put them there. But I think what it did was it opened a lot of eyes about the power that the NBA mm, yeah, and the NBA yeah, players yeah. that they have and mm-hmm. that they carry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. respect to that. One thing I'll say, whether you agreed with how it went down or not, when Minnesota or Milwaukee decided not to play and oh. it was a domino mm-hmm. effect. Now, some people said you should have kept that power, you should have did this, you should have did that. One thing it showed me is they have power mm-hmm. because it was the NBA, it was the NFL, it was the MLS, it was the WNBA, yes, yeah. it was the NFL. It was a You know what I mean? Like you saw... The effect in the end, like that was the one thing I took away. Like you, we can debate back and forth, and I don't even want to get into it. Should they have stopped and, and really gone right, after right. something? But to me, all this just showed was our power. Yeah, right. and, and can I just and this is yeah. the thing that that kind of that excites me about it is to me there's been a void of leadership in our communities for a long time. Right. right, we threw so much weight into politicians, and politicians have let us down time and time again. Mm-hmm. That void was filled yes. by powerful voices, no right? right? Yeah. And everybody jumped on. Like you mm-hmm. saw tennis, soccer, NFL, people jumped on. I think mm-hmm. we got to make sure we keep yeah. pushing and, push. and keep pushing. Well, like I said, those it's are not the guys just until we vote. It's, it's, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, we were talking be about last after night. We vote. Right. I mean, Ten minutes after you vote, you're still black now. Straight up. Yeah. Don't yeah. think you're going to turn into Sammy Sosa around this motherfucker. You ain't going to turn into Sammy Sosa once you vote, my people. No, and they're still going to be black. They're not going to let up on Trump trying to take away your right to vote. Yeah. It's just not going to stop. Even if we win this, they're going to keep fighting because the mm. numbers are going to continue to be in our favor. Right. right. The demographics of our country, our country is getting browner. I don't care how you look at it. Right. And so that's going to keep happening. But that small contingency that he's talking about is going to keep fighting to, to keep mm-hmm. trying to even up the numbers of votes no matter to. what. So we can't... And they're counting on you after the election... To, Fall off. To die down. Right. Exhale. Die down. Right. Exhale. To they die want down. you to exhale. But, you know, mm-hmm. to go along with what he said about the bubble, I thought what I really marveled at was the discipline of everyone to stay on message. Mm-hmm. Watch the interviews. Watch the halftime mm-hmm. interviews. Watch, watch the, the post-game interviews. It wasn't a guy that really went up there that didn't say something. something. He's right. okay, the game did this. The game went here. To but. Here. Brianna Taylor. And it was like, yep. that's what I was so proud about was just the consistency of being able to stay on message and knowing a lot of those guys that was in the bubble still doing stuff in their hometowns sure. and their communities sure. to sure. impact that as yeah, well. To sure. me, that's what was so amazing. And then the final part of it was just the quality of the game. Yeah. Oh, good the coaching, the coaching was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The competition was fantastic. You could tell that this wasn't no asterisk trophy. No, this yeah. is a, this should you, be a star. You earned. could tell that them dudes wanted that trophy. Right. Right. It was no, this is all, well, we're in the bubble type thing. No, that's no. BS. Everybody that was in that bubble was going after that trophy. And okay. self-motivated, right? You're used no to having 20,000 people <laughs> yeah. push you. Like, you no get crowd. down, you got the home crowd, they're cheering you now, on. Now you had to find My it. question to you, because we we think about it as players, you guys played in your career, but we're in the league as coaches. Was there a benefit to either side to not having crowds? Because I'm thinking about these young Miami Heat players, like, not having to come to L.A. 
and uh, go to war every, with everybody can LA make a shot in the first quarter. Right, can't make it in the right. fourth where there's thirty thousand people right. screwed. I mean, screaming, you sorry, you suck. Right. Yeah, no, no, brick. I, I, mean, I think brick. I think so for sure. I absolutely yeah. think that you saw you saw a lot of guys that you wouldn't normally see perform. It's more of just pickup. Had it's like they don't have that pressure right. of the crowd on them. And Stars and, and young players. Yeah, because that that crowd puts that that extra weight of what Shit. this game stands for. What it means. What it means. That crowd. Is putting that extra on Booing your name, so, cussing at right. you. Yeah, so there's no better feeling just being there with 30,000 and, and you, them up. man, it's shutting them oh, up. Oh, so it's both sides of it, right. right? And some guys rise in those moments, some guys don't, but you didn't have any, any of that, that element yeah. just in there. Basketball, so it was just, hoop. It was beautiful it was basketball. Hoop, but you also had guys that got tight because of the moment as well. Mm -hmm. Like, it was guys, as it started to squeeze, yeah. you know, Denver. Yeah. How do you come mm -hmm. back 3-1 yeah. twice? Twice. They right? stepped up All of a sudden, that momentum changed, and you saw teams... Ooh, mm -hmm. getting tight. Yes. Every shot mm -hmm. was like they had to make it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this young team, Miami, fifth seed. Carefree. Fifth seed. Pooped. Clear mind. They kept winning. Kept, and just put pressure on those teams. Like Milwaukee, it put so much pressure on them as they started to look up like, oh, why are they in the series with us? Mm -hmm. Before they knew it, that series over. was over. Miami they was gone. The series they you. You go yeah, right. yeah, they, they gone. Somewhere else. They gone. And so I think that, you know, it opened yeah. up the window for teams that, you know, were more like a Miami or mm -hmm. a Denver who had guys that necessarily haven't been in the dungeons and mm -hmm. the arenas where you're getting called right. every name in the book. Right. Those guys, I felt, played a little right. more free. And your chemistry with your team showed more, too. Well, because you're there every single day. Right. Right. And if, if you want to fight for the guy next to you, like, that's all you got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the teams that were doing this, those are the teams that went home early. Right. That was the right. one thing, too, talking to some of the guys in the bubble. Said, they said the best, some of the best times were the, the evenings when everyone, like, sometimes you're kicking it and talking to dudes you would never really run across. They've right. just always been right. an opponent. But yeah. now you're getting... Yep, I'm glad I wasn't friend. in the league. Yeah. I wouldn't have felt that. No, <laughs> ain't no friend. I'll talk to you when the season over, exactly. fam. Yeah, we got 82 games. No, no. Call me then. But you know what else, too, I think? I think you saw what the, the, the importance that toughness is a real skill. Oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah. Mental toughness. Miami, right. he, right. That's exactly right. Miami, that's exactly he was, yeah, they tough. young, but that team was tough. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they'll bite your ankle. Yeah. Like, you they'll start at the top, though. You know that. You know the whole deal. And so mm -hmm. I think you saw what that element can bring to us. Because I kept saying, it's like the Thunderdome, right? You just throwing people in this bubble and say, okay, who's going to survive? Miami's team, their whole culture was built for that kind of yes, moment. Sir. I call yes, them Navy sir. SEALs. Throw them over in the jungle, they figure yeah, out a way yeah. to get I out. I mean, yeah. right? Blue collar. So that's what Blue Miami collar, was, yeah. and I think that's why they, in that environment, when you had, right. you know, a Toronto team that was vulnerable now that wasn't the same from the year before, yeah. a Boston team that was reeling from an injury with Hayward coming in and out of the lineup, Milwaukee, who Got a whole never, bunch of weak links. But they didn't address their warts. <laughs> Milwaukee never addressed their warts. In fact, they let a guy like Brogdon walk, who was critical to yes, playmaking and things like Come that. On, yes, and sir. you saw when Giannis wasn't going, mm, the playmaking went down. Well, then you're asking right? guys that are still talented, but they're not asked to carry the burden. Like, guys play their role. So, uh, when you know, they move middle up 10, that line. Yeah, it's tougher <laughs> when your name is number one or number two on the scouting report and not number eight. Hey, when Kobe was doing his thing uh, when you was with him, that was, it made it easy for everybody. But if you weren't on that court, yeah, that, everybody else had to go to that next spot. Right. It was like, yeah, motherfuckers talk about they want to, but can you really handle <laughs> it? Can you really handle <laughs> it? Hey, if, if you was on the team with Giannis, y'all know I got to be the jerk. Would you put him to the side and say, bro, can you work on your jump shot? I would just, you know, I mean, you heard I think he does, man. He, I think he, I and think he, think he he's gotten gotten better. Better. That's not putting in that. Right. He put in like, that I was like, he, he's it, gotten better at some it, guys that don't. But, but it's it, playoff level better, and you know the difference. Yeah, right. right? And I think right. that's but, the thing. is like, he's working at it, but it's a work in progress. Because when I watch, that's how I know the teams, I know how teams 
play teams in the regular season and the playoffs. And if you can't shoot, we're going to give you that the it's whole on. playoffs. We're going to give it to that, you. But you have to still take it and miss it. You have to take yeah, it. You have to shoot it. He's swinging that Ben Simmons, you still have to shoot it and understand what it feels like to make and miss, not just an empty-ass gym. Right. You have to have that feeling. You know what I mean? You got to see it missing. Because we've all seen great, like, you know, great shooters in practice. Like, motherfuckers that don't miss in practice. And you give them the ball in the game and they do, like, little kids. Be a coach and have that guy. Oh, it sucks. Because you're like, oh, these dudes are don't miss nothing. Okay. Yeah. He's in the game. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, and he's wide open too in the game. You drop some beautiful shit. Oh, drop some beautiful shit. He's wide open. And you know it's a coach. Yeah, got a chance. That's like he's a coach. Everybody thinks he can shoot. Yeah. Everybody thinks he's a shooter. He's a shooter. Yeah, there's a reason. Nah, it's a whole different when the popcorn is popping. You know, guys are different. And so that's what I think with Giannis, honestly, even with all of those deficiencies of shooting, if they would address that issue of having a guy that can come off a pick and roll, shoot a three, and make a play for him. Him, yeah. See, that's where he's he's a power he forward. He got to do everything. Stop for, Everybody got to remember, he's a power forward. Carl Malone had Stockton. Yep. Timmy had... Tony Parker. Come on, man. You can go down the line of point guards that's played with great power forwards. They need easy baskets. He always got the ball in his hands and has to make the play for everybody else. Yeah. They need a guy to get him some cheap stuff. Only, but only, only, a, only a great mind coach would know to think like that, though. Only you'll know that. Kevin McHale, <laughs> Kevin McHale, I never forget it. Kevin McHale quote, and he wasn't even talking about basketball, but he always said every big man needs a point guard. Every yeah. big man needs a point guard. You know what I mean? So, like, Ooh. even on the court or off the court, you need a point. Mike Conley oh, and Mar Gasol. Fire-ass two-guard like Look, Kobe Bryant. Mike, Mike Conley and Mar Gasol were inseparable. Perfect match made. They yeah. had to be together. Like, that, yeah. that combination. And they needed each other that way. And bigs like that need good guard play because they got to get six to ten easy ones. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, now that game... Now Giannis may start making more mm -hmm. jumpers because it's like, I ain't You've got so much pressure to make this. Seen a couple Right? But they yeah. got to get one or two of those guys or they're going to keep running into the mm -hmm. same problems. And if they don't... I fear he may decide I gotta change, you know, yeah. change locations. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. And, Don't and go that's to, a real possibility. Don't go to the bay. Uh oh. There's a few places. Miami or the Bay. Miami, Miami or the Bay. Toronto. There's a lot of Toronto. Uh, it's a lot of teams uh, that's going to be in that deal. Miami or the Bay, I want to see that. He want to see that. Either one of those two. Jack want to go there with them teams yeah, playing in the either finals. Either one. Miami or the Bay. <laughs> Can you imagine if we weren't in the pandemic and you had to go to South Beach in L.A.? Oh, how great is that? How me? great is that? I would have went to that shit. I don't even <laughs> like going there. Stephen A. was pissed. He was oh, on TV man. pissed off because he was like, it's the first time this has ever happened. Crazy. Miami and L.A. the two most popular cities. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. 
So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You got a chance to win a couple <laughs> rings with Braun in Miami yeah. to see what he's been able to kind of do. Went from, you know, I think he learned, and you can speak to this, yeah. I think he learned a lot from you guys in Miami, particularly D-Wade on how to handle shit because D-Wade had already been there. Your staff and your organization is rock solid, and like Jack said, it starts at the top. I think he did, a, he did great as a player, but I did think he did a lot of maturing and learning when he was with you guys. You know the biggest thing he learned in Miami is he learned to stop giving a fuck. That's Man, it's hard, hard to do. And it's hard to it's do, hard to when, do. When, when so many people are, are talking about you. I mean, the, from the ninth grade, man, we all seen mm. this movie. This dude was a ninth one. He was on Sports Illustrated. He was supposed to be the best player that ever played the game, and that was on his head from that day on. And did he? he didn't, and he didn't disappoint. He hasn't disappointed. Now, and did he, he have some bumps in the road? No, and, where? No, I'm just saying. No, like, no I, I'm just this, saying, Jack. From this the standpoint is the most squeaky clean athlete. Star I think that, but I'm just saying. Life. People, people have. Right. Now, I'm talking about bumps in the roads, like uh, losing this series or uh, not hitting this yeah, shot. That's part or, of the game. That stuff has come, and we watched him grow through that. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the totality of what he's been able to do, and he ain't done. Nah, he they can win it again next year. With if Andrew Name Davis another player that's right. been in his prime for 17 years. None. We and this dude, yeah, this dude and, and he takes it so serious. Mm -hmm. Like, he puts in so much. That's why I can Love respect it, because I got to see him put in the time. Mm -hmm. He doesn't take that part for granted. He's just not a talented dude showing up and being LeBron. Oh, you put that work there is work being done. What is done physically for himself, mentally. Like, and then mm -hmm. when you take all of that, and he's taking the burden of leading us in social justice and mm -hmm. criminal justice and this whole deal yes. and carrying the, I that way. School too, yeah. like, I mean, he That's built a school where the families live for free if they're in this program where they got housing. 
Who's done that? Can't beat that. And so he's carrying all of that. He's doing all of this great stuff on the court that we can't even believe, and he's not done. And he's doing that. So, so what we're seeing is is something to marvel at. And I hope that when it's all said and done, that he really gets the kind of credit I think he deserves. But when you see that too, though, and this is what my point before about that group of people over here. You always gonna have that. <laughs> they try to find a way Anything to attack him. Armor. Well, you remember last year? We were here last year yeah. because you hear the media. Oh, he's coming to LA and he wants to make movies and be on shows uh-huh. and he's not they didn't focused. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, this nigga's been doing this stuff. You just didn't know because he wasn't in LA doing it. Like right. he, he don't his, need his, to he be knows, here to do that. He exactly. He knows what his job is. His what job LeBron is to, was looking at was okay. I'm having a tough time catching these dudes with six. I might be able to do it, but I'm having. But what I can do is win one with three different franchises and be Finals MVP. That's Four something that none of them done. Mm-hmm. Four different times. Think about that. And then he like, took a whole different crew four times and said, mm-hmm. "Come on, guys, fit the pieces together. I'll make the rest of it work. I got it." But from an athlete side, Fizz, I, I, man, I say this all the time. This is why I love LeBron. I put him, I set him apart from everybody. As athletes, we all bring our, bring our entourage around. We all come in right. and want to bring our hood and everybody around and put them in position to be millionaires or put them in position to provide for themselves. He's the only one in NBA history Successfully. to get it right. Mm-hmm. The only one. So that's why I get, that's now, why I separate now from everybody one of else. Them, I'm guilty. I got it wrong. He's the only one to get it that right. That was the most, imp- the thing I loved about his crew was, and I'm friends with all of them, is that, they all became their own entity, mm-hmm. right? They didn't just hold on to his tail and say, you know, I'm going to stay in this crew and be around them as long. They their own they brought people. Something to the but that's the energy you know? he gave and off, he, though. He empowered them yeah. to go be their, themselves. And, and, you know, I would, if I'm an athlete and I got a little crew... That's the blueprint. I'm sitting there going, hey, what, what did they do Straight so up. that I'm not paying these dudes bills when I'm 20 years yeah, from now and they yeah, still, you know, right. asking me for money and all this stuff. And what then, he did is he empowered their entrepreneurship. So where did he start and where did he off. finish, though? Right. He started on the court. Right. Right. And that's where he does his thing. And I think, you know what I mean? Like, we got people who walk this line, but they're not fully committed here. Right. And mm-hmm. if you're not fully committed here, nobody cares works. about that other stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're right. below average as an NBA player, like, mm-hmm. nobody's jumping on your ship to mm-hmm. give you these opportunities mm-hmm. to do these things. Nah, like, no. he got the job done here. Yeah. And all the other doors were opened up because of basketball. Right. Well, I just we wish people would, would, would yeah. understand and appreciate instead of always trying to compare who's this, who's that, what he didn't do, what he... That we've got a chance to watch Michael Jordan, Kobe Cole, Bryant, yep. and LeBron James all in their primes, all during our lifetime. Right. It's always the people with no talent, though. How lucky are we? Exactly. Right. I mean, that's why I don't get into it. Yeah. I don't care just about this goat, it. this whole thing. Always the people with no shit. talent. They ain't never made the, <laughs> it's a church league team. They can't make a layup. Nothing. In the gym by themselves. Nothing. They couldn't make a layup, and they were the ones trying to have trying this conversation. Who's better than this? And, it, and it almost, and what I don't like is, is sports media has almost made you like, if if I like Kobe, then I can't like LeBron. Right. If I like MJ, I can't like. It's art. It's crazy. It's art. Right. It's, art. It's, it's insane. It's Van Gogh. It's Da Vinci. You know, we're the only race that really do that, though. Yeah. We're the only race that could uh, try to make each other go against each other or compare each other. You can't just say, okay, it's only one Mamba, one King, and one Jordan. Right. You can't just say, you, you got what well, Jordan better than him with Kobe. We're the only race that compare. We can't just that. be great. We can't just let everybody be great and, every, and praise everybody and give everybody their flowers. We got to compare them in some kind of way. I always look at it like this. If your name is in the conversation alone it's over right and don't and and, and and if you're not in that circle like i like what jordan said did you hear what jordan was talking about not too long ago about how you can't compare kareem to me to lebron to he's like it's not fair generationally to do that he's like you got to appreciate what these guys are doing in, in their that time moment. Right. and if jordan said that 
Everybody else needs to shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's the one that really has got the most votes for the crown. Right, right. And if he's right. saying, here, I'm going to sit the crown over here for a minute just so y'all understand it's not about that, right. then everybody else shut the fuck up. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> Let's transition right. to, um, obviously, you guys, current head coach, former head coach, black coaches in the NBA are few and far between. Uh, Doc Rivers was let go, but then immediately picked up. Ty Lue was picked up by the Clips. Nate McMillan was fired. Alvin Gentry was fired. Where does it stand? Maybe four six current? Now. Six it's current? Six now. With, six? with T. Lou and then Doc getting back on, it's at six. Six out of 30? Yeah, six out of 30. Uh, Houston's still open. New Orleans is still open, though. And one more place. Um, okay, see, still open. Okay, see, hired or no? Hit no, did the not. In Indiana, right? Yeah. yeah. Indiana, yeah. Indiana just yeah. hired. Houston, today. Just hired. Okay. Yeah. What is it going to take for people that look like us, that entertain everyone and are great on the court, to actually get more of a realistic look? as coaches, as general manager, as front office, as execs willing to work or get the chance to work their way up? It's tough, man, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, we got a lot of friends that are still in this fight and trying to move. Mm -hmm. We've been through it. I was, what, 14 years before, yeah. you know, I got an opportunity. And the only reason I got an opportunity is three times is because the person ahead of me, uh, you know, got, <laughs> got, let go, got let go or decided to move on. You know what I mean? I went on I can't tell you how many interviews and you get to a point where they say, oh, you know, you're great, but our owner decided this. You know what I mean? Like that happened to me four or five times mm. where, you know, the general manager would tell me one thing and then they would say, well, our owner decided we needed more of this, you know, and this ended up being an older white yeah, dude, yeah, right? Instead yeah. of, you know, what I represent. Uh, so you get pissed off, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. And, you know, what it comes down to, if you think about it is, you know, companies and businesses as a whole that are run by older white men, mm. how comfortable are they in putting young black men in positions of leadership? They hire people who look like them. And that's, that's not easy. just in sports. Right. That's right. across that's easy. the board. It's comfortable for them, mm -hmm. right? Because that's who they know. That's who they've experienced. That's what they understand. You know what I mean? I, I feel extremely fortunate. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like in Cleveland, Kobe Altman is a black general manager. You know, I'm a black head coach. Mm -hmm. There's five or six different positions in our organization that are led by black men or black women. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, that's an extremely unique situation in all of pro sports. We were one of the first to do a vice president of diversity and inclusion who mm -hmm. is a black man named Kevin Clayton. Mm -hmm. So, like, our organization has been thinking forward and has been open, uh, but it's not common in our right. league. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something, you know what I mean? Again, we talk to talk, right? right? But when the action came the opportunity to make these hires and these decisions. We don't make them. We didn't make those decisions. Right. We didn't mm -hmm. walk that walk. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, we got to make sure that we yeah. keep putting the pressure on, too, right. to keep people thinking about that. Like, again, it's easy to throw money at the problem. Right. But when you got to make a decision, that's when it becomes difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, it starts with the whole perception of, of young black coaches, you know, and, and he knows exactly what I'm about to talk about. And, and this is a really unfortunate part of, the battle we have to fight to get where we are is, is when we came into the league as young assistants, player development, whatever, our job, yeah, was to get players better. That wasn't our biggest job. My job was to keep Jack out the club. My job Y'all did to, that, and what, I, would, I never played with y'all, and y'all still met me still at half court. Right. Y'all still came to me, boy. Like, and this is real shit. And, 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 this is real talk. Yo, We're talking, right? right? We I don't mean to cut talk. you off, but right. this is this real is shit. He's not lying at all. Y'all, y'all, every team that I played against y'all, y'all used to make y'all way, both of y'all, yep. make y'all way down to my end, talk to me, check on me, and we never even played on the same team. No, right. But then they used that against you. Bingo. Because then they said you're too close to the players. Yes. Yeah. But every, yeah. I can't yeah. tell you how many nights I got to call, hey, JB, so-and-so is here again. Go get him. Go get him. You're here right. on South Beach. So, it's 5 a.m. Right. Go get him. So I go, go get, get him, him, right? 
you know, we got this, you know, specialist coming in. We want him to work with him. You know, he won't do it if we ask him. But JB, will you ask him to do it? Because he'll do it because of your relationship. <laughs> right, right? right. And then when it came time for promotions yeah. or moving up, it was, uh, you're too close to the players. Yeah, yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? They're not your friends. Yeah, he knows. Right? Damn if you do, was, damn if you don't. I was right. at his wedding. Right? <laughs> this happened at his wedding. My wife and I are in the suite. We get, you know, Gary go to another event for his wedding. We're down in Mexico having a great time. I get a call from a good friend of all of ours, Mike Brown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My guy. Yeah. Mike Brown is our guy. I went to my same college as Mike. He's the reason I'm even in the league. Mike Brown called me and said, Fizz, I got to talk to you. I'm like, what's up? He's like, it's a certain contingency of people out there that's trying to hold up your opportunities from being the head coach. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I ain't even thinking about it. He said, it's people saying you're too close to your players. You know, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, so here it is. They've been telling me this is what I got to do right. to be important. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm good at impact. it. Right. Not I'm only do I it. keep them online, but I can coach too. But this is my main job. But it, now they're using it against me to get that. See, I think, like he talked about 14 years. I went to four title runs. I didn't get an interview for two more years from Memphis, and we had to call them. I had made, I, I went to Pat's office. I said, Pat, I need a favor. I said, I'd never come to you if I wasn't ready. And he was like, what's up? I'm like, I want the Memphis job. He's mm. like, and luckily it's Pat Riley. Mafia, Pat like, Riley. Got you. Boom, he put the call in. But they didn't call for me. I wasn't a part of the pool, you know, because, again, I think people looked at me as like, well, he, he just keeps D-Wade, Bron, Chris Bosh from going off. And he, he does that. That's easy, though. And Spoh's doing right. the coaching. That's right. just not easy. Right, and, exactly. And not only is it not easy, but we're coaching. Right. That's the part that gets lost in this, and that's what I'm talking about is the perception of what black coaches are. I was the player's coach when I got hired as a head coach. Not a tactician, not a guy who understood offense, pace, you know, defensive systems, all of this stuff, analytics. I'm a, I can give a master's course. We can both give a master's course on every technology in this league because mm -hmm. I came through the video room just like you did. Right. I can tell you every position on an assistant coaching staff. I've ran a defense, an offense player development. We've done every one of those jobs all the way through the deal. But now I get to the seat and it's my turn and I'm a player's coach. Mm -hmm. Which is the most disrespectful Which, thing you call yeah, a coach. Right, and and right. conversely, no intelligence, no right. IQ, yeah. what are they no say relationships. About, what Keep they you say in the same about, spot. Right. Yeah, what do they say about the young white coaches that come into this league? And these are my friends. Geniuses. Right. Right? Like, these are my Great guys. basketball mind. Right. If you could go back and Fuck look. Fuck out of here. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, but that's, the, that's what I'm saying. And so we, we have to really change that perception. Right. And I put a lot of that burden on the head coaches in this league. They have to start showing their assistants in a different light. And they got to start talking about their black assistants in the light of a guy that really knows how to teach the game, execute the right. game. You know, the whole can lead. All of the, can can lead. lead. That's the Leader. most important All thing. the details right. of being a head coach. As players, that's the most important. You need to, coaches need to demand that respect right. and be leaders. And what happens to us, though, again, perceptions. So as we do that, we're, we're being combative. We don't, we're creating. So Look aggressive. Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan yeah. has got an extension. Mm-hmm. And then they still fired him. Yeah, that's but tough. what they say is he's too hard. He runs through his practices are too long. He's da 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 but if that was Coach K or somebody else, uh, you'd be saying, what a coach. He really holds them accountable. He's really putting that stamp down, you know? And so that's how it kind of goes where we got to walk that walk. It's too many people that's never played the game have an input and have a say-so on how the game is ran. That's a big problem, too. And, and one reason why players are not involved in who coaches, uh, what, who coaches coach their team is because they would pick coaches like y'all. 
coaches that they can talk to outside of basketball, coaches that they feel they feel comfortable talking to about any and everything. Came from where we came. Even from. with Steve Nash, right. he's not black, but they picked him because he's a two-time MVP. He's been in wars. He's been in the NBA. They know that they can trust him when it comes down to the game. Right. And here's but here's where I would ask, and I would challenge all the players. You do have power. You do have voice. Yes. yes. Right. Yep. So. Yes. Absolutely. The Steve Nash is a clear oh, yeah. picture to all of us yes. of the power that players no do question. have. No question. So don't use it as a way out. Mm-mm. Like use your voice. You, right. know, you know what I mean? If right. it matters, like you know, if it. it matters to you and all these things, like we keep talking about the impact and equality and equity, if it matters, yeah. use, use your it. voice. Because yeah. they have to yeah. listen. Not just for this, but for exactly. that too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They have to listen. But here's yeah. the important thing though. See, you guys are retired. And now you're in a world where you look at people's occupations differently. Yeah. It has to happen when players are in the uniform. Current. Yeah. Current I'm glad I wasn't put in no position like that. Yeah. Y'all have been playing by y'all damn self. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been chilling. I wouldn't have, I damn sure wasn't showing up. Well, my thing too is, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it's, obviously, you, you're, I don't even want to use your leash or your rope is shorter because it's just not the time, but I feel like it's dangerous because, like I said, I've known you for a long time and I talked about your situation. You got an opportunity to coach first and foremost was is a blessing, but it's two fucked up teams. You know what I mean? So you can only do so much and then, well, shit, well, look who we had and look what they did. Well, motherfucker, look what you gave them. Right, you, you know give what I mean? Like, job. Look, yeah, exactly, you look at the job you gave them and the roster you gave them and then, well, he couldn't do this here, he couldn't do this there, so he must not. So it's dangerous. And, and like I said, I don't like to, Steve, Steve it's friends of ours, but I play with Steve. He got a job with two superstars. Steve Kerr got a job with three all-stars, two superstars. Like, you don't see black coaches getting no. an opportunity to lead a team that is just is ready, ready. to go. Ready. 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 Never. Ready. You get black coaches the jobs that... They got to build. Not too many people, but then you don't really give them a chance to build. Right. You know what I mean? It takes, <laughs> it takes two or three drafts three or four seasons to really have an identity as the coach's identity. You can't get motherfuckers in and out. Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. build? You can't build anything from that. And this is that. something, for me, it's it's personal, but it's like, my dad been through this shit for a long, uh, long time. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Like, the my dad's first it. job was in 1972 yeah. in the NBA. Mm. Right? He's still working with us in Cleveland. But you look at his head coaching jobs, and it was the same shit. You know what I mean? He got a young team with the Wizards, or they were the Bullets at the time, with C-Webb and mm-hmm. Juwan and George Mirasan and Strick and those guys. But all the other jobs, like all of those jobs, like he had to get and he had to build it. Yeah. So if you think about from his first job was with Seattle in 1985, head coaching job, right? From 1985 to 2020, we're having the same conversation. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, what's, what's changing? What can change? What is being done to change? Is there talks amongst organizations, or, or, amongst the coaches' union? Like, yeah. what kind of stuff is being talked about? Well, they, I mean, we do have a very strong coaches' union. Uh, I'll give them a ton of credit for that. Uh, David Fogel is the, head of, is the executive director. Rick Carlisle is the head of it. Um, and, you know, they are making pushes to try to help, you know, minority coaches, uh, black coaches get interviews, but at the end of the day, that's what you get is an interview, yeah. right? Like, you can't tell, and you shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't be able to tell an owner, you no. have to hire right. this guy, right? Right. right? You have to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you can do that, but, you know, that's the difficult part about it is what Fortune 500 company can you say you have to hire a black CEO or mm-hmm. a black executive director? Like, mm, don't can't do way. it, don't mm-hmm. want that, right? So they're giving exposure, and they're doing a bunch of different things, you know, um, as far as technology on the internet. They're putting together stories on these guys, you know, videos, like all types of a stuff to try to give them, yeah, yeah, to try 
try to give them exposure, but it's, but crazy it's just not that, enough. That it even has to be done, though, because right. it when doesn't you, have when to you be overqualify. done for the other side. It right. don't gotta, have to be done for the other side. You got to remember, it's, it, it, again, it spills back into society and just the basics of how our society is moved. We have to be right? that much better at everything yeah, just, just, to, just to get a look. Yeah. yeah, and so that's where, you know, but again, it's all like you said, it falls back on, obviously, the owners are going to make the final decision, but... I do feel like Adam Silver and the league, and I know the Coaches Association, we're, we're really making strong pushes so that more guys get their foot just in the room to talk to these people. And when they can do that and just have that opportunity, you never know then what happens. You can wow a guy, you know, maybe you click with a guy and you get your opportunity, but that has to be the thing that we gotta get people in front of these guys so that they know there's quality candidates and not something you just heard from about somebody from a through right. a source, but you get them in front of you and you talk to them. Don't 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 let it be somebody have to tell you that I'm qualified. It's um, it's right here that I'm, I'm qualified. Here. I'm here. It says right here I'm qualified. <laughs> somebody snap to tell you I'm qualified. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Transitioning to your time in Memphis, um, it was eye-opening for me in a good way. You know what I mean? I, I When I got to Memphis, I was just like, man, the people, the food, awesome. the history. Mm-hmm. Um, you were very vocal out there about having some uh, Confederate statues removed um, mm-hmm. out there. And uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what that was about and what, what ended up happening. Uh, you know, it's really it's interesting because when we first got there, um, I was approached by this group, Take Them Down 901. And... Uh, you know, they were talking about these statues, and I, me being a West Coast guy, I didn't even get it. And I never even really, to be honest with you, knew that these statues was all over the place. The only thing I remember seeing over the course of my life that really just took me back was when I worked for the Hawks and I went to Stone Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I saw this, mm-hmm. 
I'm like, didn't they lose? Like, <laughs> yeah. Historically, like, should they have this? Like, you know what I mean? But then when I was, so when I got there, here it is, you talking about being a young black coach. It's like, okay, this group is asking me to be active. How active can I be? It's my first job. I'm in the South. Am I, how far am I willing to push this? But at some point, certain things happen that you don't get to choose no more. And Charlottesville happened. Like he said. Right, Charlottesville happened. Put on your front doorstep. Yeah, right there. And it was all about that statue. And I'm sitting here that, you know, in the city, Dr. King was assassinated in. Here it is, majority black staff, right? Mm. Uh, we, we put a lot of time into the black community and the Civil Rights Museum and stuff like that. And here I am. And Charlottesville happens. And I'm like, man, we got these crazy, we got a statue who, for people that don't know. Nathan Bedford Forrest, the first, the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, had a statue, a two-story statue mm. in the biggest park in the city. And Jefferson Davis across town had a statue the same size sitting in one of our best parks right on the Mississippi River. Now, here I am a black coach and this is happening in my city and I got a group of black women asking me to get involved in this and put my voice to it. And Charlottesville is going on. Mm. And I'm like, I can't stay on the sideline for right, this one. Right. So I didn't ask permission. I dove in, I did a huge YouTube interview. Uh, my wife posted some stuff on her on her Instagram because I'm not on Instagram, but we did. We went and took stat, uh, pictures of the statues with me in front of them, you know, Black Lives Matter t-shirts, all that kind of stuff, just to bring, a, again, a platform, right, just yeah, trying to bring attention to it because yeah. that's what they didn't have. Mm. A lot of people didn't, under, didn't even know about what these women had been trying to do all this time. Mm. So I got involved in that and, and sure enough, when I did it, I got called to the principal's office. Mm -hmm. And it was sponsors of the team that were threatening to pull sad. out if I didn't shut up. That's crazy. Uh, we yeah. had my, a couple minority owners that spoke up, you know, mad that I was doing this. And, now, and it's like, you know, they asked me to tone it down. And I just said, I can't. I can't do that in the position that I'm in right now with what's going on in our country and these two statues sitting in our city. I can't back off of this. And so I just stayed with it. You know, we got a lot of stuffs, you know, threats and things like that, obviously sent our way. You're talking about the middle of the South, mm. right? Although Memphis is an awesome yes, city. It is. Yes, And yes, amazing it is. people live in that city in and care city. about that city. Right. What is surrounded by is the history of mm. our South. And Thanks. I got a backlash from that that was pretty, you know, pretty you know, threatening. But at the same time, I wasn't gonna back off. And we laugh about it, but I, I got fired and a week later, I got a call from one of the, the ladies in the group saying, mm. you know, coach, we just want you to know your time in Memphis wasn't in vain. Mm. Statues are coming down. Mm. And they sent me the video. And, and you, you know, winning titles and all of that stuff Good. is awesome, guys. For real life. But that's real. real and that's life. something that I will be able to show my son, mm. you know, that my wife and I was a part of this. Hell and we, yeah. we, we were actively engaged in trying to do something to help people. And so... You know, that probably means more to me than damn near anything. I tell, I tell people that all the time, with what I'm doing now, I feel like I'm more known for what I'm doing now than basketball, and that means more to me than everything, because I'm helping my people. Yeah, because you know, given I don't, don't want to be known for basketball. I want to be known for It's this. a natural, I always tell about you, he knows I'm all corny and stuff, I'll get into the science of things, but when you give, a chemical comes off of you. you something happens inside of you, where you it, it, that nothing else can create. Mm. And it's scientifically proven. And so the more you get, why do you think you always just feel so good? Different, yeah. It's not just because of the action, it's because of what's actually happening inside of you. And so that's why you just, now you're fueled. Like yeah. they done messed up and lit, lit your engine and you can't stop. And I think that's the way it is for all of us really. Right. Is you've, you messed around and woke us all up. Mm -hmm. And this ain't the 60s. 
Muhammad Ali didn't have social media. Mm -hmm. Bill Russell didn't have <laughs> Instagram. Right. You know, he wasn't tweeting. Right. They didn't have access. They didn't have wealth and, and, and resources and things that they can connect mm -hmm. to that we have. And now that we are awoke, we have to maximize that yeah. to push that. this thing forward so that we our kids shouldn't be having this platform. No, absolutely. Boys wasn't on Can't showtime. go back to sleep. Tell them. Boys wasn't on showtime. We, we on, on showtime. showtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, in closing, Ray. Yeah. Elections around the corner. For sure. Talk, talk to our people. What, what do we need to do? Give me a quick cliff note of what needs to happen. I mean, first, I want to thank Coach for what he did and, and, and as hold that up as an example. What Stack is an example. What, Matt, um, what Coach is doing in Ohio is an example. Work with the local organizations. You don't have to love the candidate, but you don't understand the power that your platform can give a local organization who's been grinding on the pavement door every knock. single day, door knocking, and then you lend your voice for 30 minutes, 45 minutes to them, and it changes the entire I mean, that, world. That was one thing Jack said, too, just being out there with them. Absolutely. Like you That's said, it. the looks on their faces. And there's, there's black kids that will never see that statue because of what Coach did. Right. They don't got to walk by and enslave her every single time that they will. And that's, that's so powerful. And so, anyway, the point being, I think it's using your platform to educate voters right now. Um, one of the things that you know, we talked about, and we talk about with especially our athletes and, and artists, is yes, the two and a half minute overperformed video, that's nice and music, right. and, and straight to camera, this is what you need to know and figure out how to get it out there. There are yes. local organizations right now that if you give them 30 seconds of your time and say, hey, this is where you go to vote, this is who, uh, you know, this is, this is what the ballot looks like, and create that content, share it on your social media platform, organizations will grab it off the, off the platform and send it out everywhere. Mm -hmm. What are the seven states you feel um, we can utilize athletes and no entertainers' voices the most? Yeah, so... Seven states, pay attention. All right, seven states. What, number one is, I'm from Florida, so I gotta yeah. say something about Florida. Okay. Florida, Texas might flip. Yeah. Texas actually might flip. It's not called a swing state yet, but Texas might flip. But Florida, Ohio... Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin are the most important states in this election in North Carolina. If and you're in any states. of those states, athletes, musicians, entertainers, tap in. We can get you some information on how you could be most effective. Um, we're in the fourth quarter now, baby. All right. And again, I think that for all of us is, is use your platform to get out the right information. Right. Mm -hmm. Most that, important. Because yeah. what we're important. fighting, you, you may not see it all the time, but what's happening out there, they are doing anything to give people yeah. false information so that they go to the wrong place or they don't vote at all. And people trust us and people know that if we putting it on our sites, then it's real. Mm -hmm. And so all of you guys in these different cities, whether you're a college athlete, pro athlete, mm -hmm. it does not matter. Use your platform to get proper information to your community mm -hmm. so we can get that number of people out to vote. And to all the athletes, too, there's so many, every, like, people in our neighborhoods, they scream into the top of our lungs, but they don't, nobody hear them. We have right. to be their voice. That's us. There's so many people that need our voice to speak up for them. Being in these neighborhoods, I inherited so many people, pain, so many mothers that lost their kids to police violence, so many people that are struggling, that need to be heard. We yeah. have to be their voice. Yeah. And they're looking for someone to follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and... It may not be for everybody, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because it is scary. When you put yourself out there, yeah. it is scary. It's not for everybody. No. But if you take that step, you'd be amazed at how many people will step with you. Yep. I think that's what we need to do. Yes, if you had a billboard to show the world what the message in it, what would it be? Vote. 
right? Like Pop sent us those T-shirts. <laughs> I'll never forget. Pop sent us those T-shirts that said, "Vote like your life depends on it." Because it, it does. Because it does. Yeah, right, yeah. and that's real. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. I'd like to thank our guest today. Election day is right around the corner. Early vote, early vote. Take your ballots to the polls. Drop them yourself. If you need to stand in line, stand in line because it's, it's bigger than us. Yes. It's for our future. It's for our children. It's for their children. Every vote counts. Every voice counts. Make sure you vote this year, the biggest election of our lives. Catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart Black Effects family. We'll see you guys next time. Production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare a rested child is a happy child sleep tight stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.